Hey everyone, this is Pete Perusik, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Weathered Athlete Podcast, a place for us to honor those athletes that refuse to go quietly into the night. As a weathering triathlete and a physical therapist, I will spend my time talking with those athletes that continue to make the necessary repairs and continue to move forward. They may have a few cracks in their foundation or a squeaky step, and their patinas may continue to fade, but they are no less glorious than years prior. In fact, I feel they have more heart and resolve as they have weathered to provide the pathway and set the standard that we should all live by. My goal is to determine what sets these individuals apart from the rest of society. Don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a comment, and share with your friends. Today I'm honored to be joined by Dr. Tamika Howell, or as she is known on the football field, Doc, for mile number 31. She joked with me prior to recording this episode that she doesn't think everyone on the field actually knows her name. I've had the pleasure of crossing paths off the football field, treating a few of her patients over the years when she was in the clinic, and as we both trained for 70.3 Augusta, Tamika, at 46 years young, may be just out of the normal weathered athlete guidelines, but I dare you to find another physician taking up women's tackle football in her mid-40s. She offers a great perspective at what it takes to step outside of one's comfort zone and to try something that most may think is crazy. As she states, she has been pushing the boundaries her whole life. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Tamika Doc Howell as much as I did. Hey. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Doc, I'm so excited for you to to join me. And one of the things I love about this podcast is I get to really dig into people's backgrounds. And I'm excited about every podcast I do, but more so because, one, I've known you for a few years. And um, we actually did an event in the past. And uh, I just love to know uh, how you got to this point. And also, as a physician, um, really how you deal with people like me and others that are aging. Uh, so, Doc, thanks a lot for uh, joining me today. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, one of the things I want to do is, so where'd you grow up? Let's talk about your history a little bit. Um, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. That was that was home for me um, until I went to college. Went to college at University of Arizona, but yeah, Phoenix, Mesa, Tempe, Mesa, kind of the the valley they call it out in Arizona is where I where I come from. Okay. That's cool. I lived off there for six months. I was there in 95 doing some traveling PT. So I lived in Mesa and worked in northern uh, uh, Phoenix. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved my time out there. My wife hated it. So that's what we were (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't summer when you were there. (laughs) March to August. Oh, gosh. So you experienced it all. (laughs) Yes. The fun fun summer, you know. Yes. (laughs) Uh, That's cool. So then uh, what brought you to North Carolina? Uh, residency after medical school. Um, I went to residency at uh, Cone, Moses Cone at the time it was called. Okay. So did you, um, so like growing up, did you play sports? Uh, kind of here and there. Um, my first like organized sports, um, it was soccer. I was in, I think sixth grade. Um, and my sixth grade teacher's husband coached a soccer team and they kind of, I guess, recruited me. Um, so I played with them for a little bit. That was my, that was my first experience. And then Honestly, I was trying to remember, and I, I don't remember if I played sports in middle school. <laughs> I remember being in the band. I don't know if that counts as a sport. Um, but around 12, um, I had an uncle that taught me golf. Um, and then in high school, I played golf, soccer, um, basketball, and uh, did track and field, did field events. Okay. So pretty athletic, you know, just all around childhood, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So then going off to, um, to college, so you said you went to the University of Arizona and then what came here. So um, did you do any extracurricular sports or anything, you know, through that time or? I did. Um, I did lots of um, intramural sports. So we had floor hockey, soccer. Um, I think we even had a volleyball team, softball. I remember playing, um, I think soccer was the thing that I, I did the most while we were out there. We do pickup games of, mm. you know, football, you know, t- mostly touch football, um, <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> and that- of course, attending all the sporting events, being at the university of Arizona. So especially with basketball, cause I was there when we won a championship, um, and then football, um, uh, all the time. Very cool. So that time playing touch football, that kind of planted the seed yeah uh, you know probably even before that when I was a little kid I'd play you know I'd be out with the guys when I was you know second third fourth grade playing football versus playing with dolls and whatever you know people pigeonholed little girls into doing those days yeah yeah so do you like to rather do sports yes yes definitely very cool so uh you became a physician is that something you always wanted to do uh, yeah, since I was um, probably four-ish and saw some PBS special about anesthesiologists, and I just thought it was a really cool big word that I could say at four years old, so I thought that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, you know, I'm in family medicine now, um, so over the years, my interest in what specialty I wanted to do changed, so I kind of thought I'd do like orthopedics, since I was always into sports and sports medicine kind of things, and then um, eventually decided that family medicine where I could do kind of all the things is where I, where I ended up, ended up going. Okay. That's cool. So what did you, did you go into kind of uh, early practice with any misconceptions about dealing with uh, say the geriatric age or, you know, people 50 plus 60s, 70s, 80s? Um, I think going in, I didn't realize that there may be just a little bit different approach um, to going into people who, you know, have lived a little bit, um, versus people who are younger, maybe less aware of their, um, health or, you know, what's to come in my future, uh, kind of things. Um, so I don't know if I had necessarily misconceptions, but just didn't have a lot of knowledge going into it. Okay. And what did you learn from some of those, especially the people that are doing those crazy things in their seventies and eighties and nineties? Right. (laughs) You know, honestly, I commend anybody that's doing, you know, what someone says is something crazy, um, at those older ages, um, you know, some people think, oh, you get old and you just kind of sit around and you do nothing. I'm like, man, you know, if, if some kind of activity, you know, movement, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is exciting to you, brings you to like, get out and do it. There's never, never too old kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it helps, I mean, just kind of all around, you know, cardiovascular health kind of things, getting out there, bone health, mental health, um, all those things. It keeps you yeah. young. Yeah, and I think that's that's cool. Now, what about the? Let's go to the exact opposite spectrum of those who don't want to do anything. How is that conversation? Um, it can be a little bit tougher for people. I mean, I've definitely had patients who are like, "I don't like to exercise," and I say, "Well, you know, find just some kind of movement that you do enjoy. It doesn't have to be going out for a run or you know, getting on a bike. I mean, if you enjoy dancing, if you just enjoy." you know, getting out walking with your kids. I mean, all of that just counts as movement and exercise, whether it's in your living room or in a more formal setting or whatever it is, it's just find some kind of, you know, activity that, that you enjoy. Um, it doesn't have to be what I enjoy. (laughs) 
So have you seen that change over the years? Because uh, I think we're doing a better job now with getting that message out than, say, what we did, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, do you find it's getting a little bit easier or is it still a tough, you know, people just, I know there's a time where they probably just want medicine. Like, you know, we know medicine, uh, fitness is going to help a lot of things, but it's like they want the quick fix. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, people who are looking at like weight loss and things like that, um, there are people who want a quick fix. I think there will always be people that want a quick fix. Um, um, and even in, um, you know, the realm of medicine, I think there has not been a lot of teaching about like obesity medicine and everything involved with it. You know, oftentimes it was like, well, just eat better and get some exercise. And as we've done research, we know there's much more to it. You know, there's a, um, definitely a, a component of it related to like hormones and things like that related to mental health, um, all kinds of facets that play into it. And now we, and now we do have actually better medicines than we did in the past, um, that help, but none of those are good unless they're combined with also being physically active, addressing, you know, well, why am I eating late at night? Why am I eating when I'm mad? Why am I eating when I'm tired? Um, addressing all of those kinds of things, um, as well. Okay. Do you have any specific strategies you use with, uh, with people? You know, everybody's, everybody's different. Um, you know, everybody's reason for, you know, being, um, where they are in terms of their health is different. You know, some of it is, you know, I've never been, I've never been an athlete my whole life. I've never exercised and, you know, kind of whatever menopause is kind of caught up with me. Now what do I do? Or I've been an athlete all, you know, for a good number of years, I had an injury and stopped for a couple of years and now I've put on, you know, 20, 30, 50 pounds. Now what do I do? So, I mean, it's, it's, there's not a, you know, one size fits all for people. So it's really just depends on the person, where they're at, what their experience has been. You know, if I'm an ex triathlete, um, you know, our conversation may be very different um, than someone who's like, I've never exercised a day in my life <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Have you um, been involved with the senior games at all? Or I have not been, I have not been, no. Yeah, that's it's. I got involved a few years ago, and I think it's it's pretty neat to see um, where people come come from to get there. You know, they they get there because someone told them so, and they show up not knowing what they're getting themselves into, and then they get hooked on the exercise. So I think you know, luckily, getting them involved with some group or some fitness center or just something. Sometimes that's all it takes is that other person just to kind of get them going and they see, wow, this is actually fun, but right, get them right. there. That's the hard part. Definitely. Oh, and that's, you know, and that's one of the things that I oftentimes would tell patients to say, find somebody to do it with, you know, whether it's, you know, your kid, cause your kid will be like, mom, when are we going to go walk again? When are we going to ride bikes again? Where they'll, you know, they'll keep you honest as far as that goes, or even just a friend where if you know, I have an appointment with my friend at 8 a.m. I tell people, I said, put it on the calendar. Like you would your doctor's appointment, your dentist appointment, you know, all those things that say, put it on your calendar and it's non-negotiable. Like at 8 a.m. on Mondays, <laughs> that's what yeah. I do or whatever time it is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're right. When it comes to other people um, kind of helping to, you know, pull you along, push you along, sometimes carry you. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, not at all. So what do you do? When do you, how do you have time to fit in um, exercise in your day? <laughs> uh, early in the mornings, usually. Um when I was in a different job, I was getting up at 4.30 every morning so I could get my exercise in, so I could get in the shower by 
so I can get kids up by six. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a little bit more flexibility in my day now, so I don't have to get up quite as early. But um, but I'm a morning person. I like to get things get things done early, and then early weekends mm -hmm. um, as well. Before most people in my house were kind of truly up and moving, um, is how I where I fit it in. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, chasing around your kids, I'm sure too. Yes, yes, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, very active. Um, how many children do you have? I have three. They're between seven and 12. Okay. Yes. So pretty involved with stuff, I'm sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> They're all their things. <laughs> <laughs> between sports and whatever, you know, music and different things like that. Yeah. So uh, I first met you uh, basically with triathlon um, as we were preparing for Augusta. What, what got you into doing triathlons? Um... When I was in medical school, I was living in New York at the time, um, one of my classmates was doing team and training and she was training for an event in Florida, a friend of Aaron. Um, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. What is this triathlon thing? And it, it just kind of put it in the back of my head. Like I was like, oh, just tucked it away. Um, and then when I moved to North Carolina, there was a, um, for residency, there was a nurse on one of my, uh, one of my, on my pediatrics rotation, um, her name was Kathy, who spoke about doing a triathlon for team and training. I was like, oh, that's one of these things I'd heard about and was thinking about doing. So January of 2016, I joined team and training and did my first um, triathlon at, at LADA. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then, so that was 2016. So yeah, that was, mm -hmm. you were at Augusta. Oh, no, I'm totally lied. Um, not 2016. It was in 2006. Ten years okay. earlier. Okay. <laughs> Ten <Okay>. years earlier. <laughs> okay, so you kind of did it. Now, were you doing it the whole time there, or you just kind of did it and then stopped for a while and then came back to it with Augusta? No, I did that one, and then um, I think I may have done Wilmington that year. Um, I did a kind of few others here and there, um, and then I think I kind of got away from it. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's kind of here and there, did triathlons. And then at some point I said, I really want to do it in half. I don't know. I don't know what made me think that, but something <laughs> in my life, something in my head, I said, this is something I need to do. Um, and then, and that was probably around 20, gosh, 14 or 15, I decided that I wanted to do that and started slowly training for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I think I, I met you there as we were getting ready for Augusta. I know you were with Simon a little bit. Um, yes. So what did, going to triathlon, what misconceptions did you have at that about whether you could do it or any concerns? Yeah, I mean, I was concerned. I mean, as an overweight athlete, I really was like, can I you know, meet this? I'm a, I'm a back of the packer kind of person when it comes you know, to running and, and you know, biking, you know, swimming. I could... I'm not fast. I could swim all day. So I wasn't too worried about the swim. Um, but really the run was my biggest concern. Um, and, but, you know, like you mentioned, I, I worked with Simon who, you know, helped me kind of come up with a, um, a plan as far as, you know, I dropped some weight, which was helpful. Um, and, um, we kind of did the, the math method, the kind of low heart rate training method, um, which I really think was great for me and, um, you know, my body type where I was, all those kinds of things, um, to help get me through that. Yeah, if you don't mind, what if explain what the math method is, just if somebody doesn't know. Gotcha. Um, so really, it's a it's a method of training where you train um, based it's all the kind of based on your age um, within certain parameters for your heart rate, which is usually pretty low. So sometimes 
it, even when you're out for a run, that may mean that you're walking up yeah. a hill or things like that to help keep your, your heart rate lower. Um, and then over time, you'll find, oh, that hill that I used to have to walk up, now I can run up it and still keep my heart rate you know, within, within the ranges that I'm supposed to, to keep it in. Um, and I got faster and faster over time. I think during that time I was, I mean, still slow for most people, but the fastest I've been in my adult life. <laughs> yeah. It, it tends to work. You're right. It's, it's it basically, you know, I think it's 180 minus your age and then you got to stick right. and you, you don't go above that. So you're right. You got to keep your heart rate under that. And it's amazing how people who stick with it, um, swear by it because you actually go farther um, with the same, you know, uh, you can get do better. And, you end, and during a race, you end up going faster with your heart rate being lower. So it's actually pretty neat. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a great way to train where you're not going to stress somebody's, you know, they're not up in zone two or zone four or five working real hard. Right, right. So that's cool. Um, and then so unfortunately, Augusta was very, very hot. It was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Um, I have never experienced cramping in any of my training and I had it on the bike, which really surprised me. So here I am in the middle of the bike riding with like one foot clipped in and trying to stretch out this cramp in the other leg. Um, I had cramping on the run. (laughs) Um, I used base salts. I kept hearing about people dropping like flies, you know, and just dropping out of the race altogether. Um, so it was, yes, it was pretty darn hot. Yeah, it was, that was probably, um, I wouldn't say it's the hottest event, but it was the first time I really had to deal with the heat and, um, yeah, it was, it was a struggle to get through. Um, so what'd you learn about yourself finishing that race? Um, you know, Augusta was kind of bittersweet for me in terms of, I, you know, had doubts of like, can I do all of this stuff like together? I mean, I'd done the training. Mm I, um, you know, Simon had to kept keep telling me, just trust your training. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard that. Just trust yes. your training. Yes. Um, so I had to just have confidence in him and myself and trust my training. Um, you know, and I finished. Um, so just to be like, you know, I can do things that are hard and even, and I can do things more things, um, to a greater degree than I think I can. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the bitter part of it was that, um, I missed the cutoff for, being considered a true finisher by like three and a half minutes. <laughs> so I was, I was so close, but you know what? I mean, I did something for eight and a half, you know, hours plus three and a half minutes, um, <laughs> which many people, you know, can't do some endurance event for that period of time. So I'll, I'll take a check mark for that. <laughs> Trust me, you finish the race, you know, whether it's official or not, it doesn't matter. You finish it. And anybody who crossed that, got anywhere near that finish line during that race well, you you earned it you earned getting across that finish line well thank you thank you <laughs> so moving forward what did that teach you when you took that next step to football oh my goodness um <laughs> you know i think really that there's not much i can't do like i you know if i really want to do something i just have to kind of go for it mm-hmm. um i wasn't even sure i'd be able to finish a half iron man you know i so said well i'll train and we'll see what happens so i don't know if i can really do this um and but i don't know unless i try i think is the biggest thing i almost didn't get out of the car at football <laughs> tryouts yeah. um you know i was 45 at the time um and i had since augusta i'd probably put on you know i don't know 50, 60, maybe even 70 pounds at that point. Um, I hadn't been exercising very much. I'm like, what am I thinking? Showing up at these football tryouts, you know, this old, fat, out of shape lady. (laughs) Um, 
but I got out of the car, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Because <laughs> I said, you know, to myself, I said, what the heck? All they can do is tell me no. That's all. Yeah. That's that's the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was uh, pretty amazing. So I remember the uh, your Facebook post saying that you were going to take up football. So how did you get from there to thinking you're going to do it to the car? So you talked about how you didn't get out, almost didn't get out of the car. <laughs> What made you actually decide to even get in the car to drive to the go play football? Just to even get that point. Yeah. You know, since I was a kid, I wanted to play football. Um, and but there, you know, when I was a kid, you know, there were no girls on the football team. You know, you were you were like the cheerleader, and I was like, well, I'm not a cheerleader type person. So I was um, an athletic trainer and uh, uh, equipment manager for a high school football team, um, and. You know, I've always kind of watched football in college. You know, I went to all our college football games. I mean, so it was just something that in the back of my head, I was like, oh, man, I'd love to play. I remember in high school, I'd say, I'd, I'd play. Like, I mean, I'd be a kicker at least, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's just something I've always wanted to do. So when this opportunity came locally, I said, man, you know, might as well just do it. Might as well just do it. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, you know? Um, so... I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, and I remember my first home care job would have been 95 to 97, and I worked with a woman. She was probably in her late 60s. I don't remember her name, but I remember what she looked like, and she actually played football for the Pittsburgh Powder Kegs back in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, wow. Oh, it was. So I knew that there was a women football league because I remember talking to her, and I and uh, Pittsburgh, I think they still have an active one now. So it's something that I knew occurred, and... Um, I know when I was an uh, undergrad, we used to go watch the women rugby um, players on the weekends. So I know that yes. that is going on as well because that yes. was our Saturday morning. Let's just go and watch them uh, play rugby. So right, and that was my substitute. Actually, I lived in Buffalo for a year, and I got yep. into rugby um, for a year, and it was—I mean, it was—it was awesome. It was amazing. I mean, I was like, well, this is probably the closest I'll ever get to football. So yeah, <laughs> but it's a different beast—a whole different beast. Yes, yes, it is. Um, um, so, what position do you play? Um, I play uh, defensive end. Okay. Um, mostly, occasionally, I play on the uh, offensive line as well. Okay. So, how about uh, how hard learning the playbook? I have to do some studying um, mm -hmm. for it. Um, with um, you know, we do Zoom meetings and things like that to help learn a lot of the stuff. Um, and I caught on pretty quickly. I mean, okay. I figure if I can make it through medical school, I can yeah. learn a football playbook. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> it does, and I think what also helps is we have some some um, players that have come after me. So I try to teach them what I've learned, and I think that helps me also retain a lot of the information. Yeah. So what are the ages of the the members of the team? Um, right now, I think most of them range like early twenties, um, and then we have someone who is forty seven, forty eight, I think. Okay. Um, and even our coach has suited up a couple times. She's in her fifties. Okay. okay. <laughs> so she used to play on the team several years back. So, uh, in case when we're running a little short or need someone to hold the ball to, to be kicked, she'll <laughs> suit up and come in and play. <laughs> yeah. How old are you, Tamika? Uh, 40. So how old am I these days? 46. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, um, what, so how have you survived through practice and then the games? How hard has it been? Um, when I started out, like, you know, I said earlier, I, I hadn't been exercising a lot, wasn't in the best of shape. Um, so it was rough. Uh, we had practices Saturdays and Sundays. So 
Mondays were a rough time for me <laughs> being like back to back these hard practices. <laughs> I think one of the first practices thinking I was still 20 something and in awesome shape, I pulled both hamstrings running the 40 yard dash. Um, <laughs> so I'm still dealing with this, the, you know, with that. Um, so it's, I mean, it's been tough, but as I've, you know, gotten in shape more, um, have done this more regularly, it's, the recovery isn't quite as bad anymore. <laughs> That's good. How is it hanging out with the other players of the team? Oh, it's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, being around young people just, I don't know, it excites me. It, they have lots of energy and um, I think it helps keep me young. I, you know, I feel like a 20 or, you know, 30 something year old um, when I hang out with them. Um, and it's just a really, I don't know, like cohesive group. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone's really there to support each other and make sure we're all doing our best. And even when we aren't doing our best, we're still supportive of each other. That's good. So competition as far as position on the, on the team, obviously how many players do you have enough to fill all the positions? Like you said, your coach has to play sometimes, but is there competition over positions? Um, in a few of the positions there are, um, we definitely could use a few more line, line women, I should say. Um, <laughs> so, so, cause I have played a couple games where I've had to play almost the entire game because I had to play the offensive line and the defensive uh. line. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, there's some positions where there's a, there's a little bit of, of competition. Um, but we're always recruiting, trying to get more people, um, just to, you know, we're better if people can can have some rest on the field. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Well, I know that your eight and a half plus few minutes, uh, I guess, uh, endurance probably helped you too. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as, you know, like teaching the younger players or really vice versa, have you learned a lot? Yeah, you know, I, I've always kind of followed football, watched football, but be, like learning, being a player in the game is so different. I mean, I've learned just many more of the intricacies. You know, we're all, we can all be, you know, kind of couch coaches <laughs> when we're watching, oh, we should have whatever. Why did he da 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 da? But then when I'm in, I'm like, oh, like I understand why they did this or went there or, you know, did whatever it is. Um, so it's been, it's just been kind of neat to be able to truly talk football mm -hmm. um, and even be around people who think they know football and to throw out some stuff and they're like, Oh, you, oh! You really know football, <laughs> <laughs> they, or you really don't know football? Let me tell you how it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so, what did your family think of uh, you deciding to play football? Um, I think they're used to me just doing crazy things. <laughs> so, probably without me seeing, they just kind of rolled their eyes and were like, That's just "Whatever crazy thing she's up to next." <laughs> but they've been supportive overall. Um, you know, I think my 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 son gets really excited, went to his school, wants to volunteer, and he's like, That's my mom, the one that plays football, like telling all his friends, his friends would come up like, Are you are you Miles' mom, the one that plays football? And so he gets really excited about it. I um, love it. Know? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. And they, they come out and watch the games and cheer us on. So and my mom is used to me doing all the crazy things. So she's completely unfazed by it and probably my biggest cheerleader. Oh, that is awesome. How how's the turnout for your games? Um, it's, you know, the people don't know about women's tackle yeah. football. So, it, I mean, it's fairly low. Um, this year was, the you know, was really a year for us to just get the name out there, let people know it was happening and kind of hard in a year of COVID where nobody kind of knows 
you know, what's, what's going on? Should I, should I be around other people? Should I not kind of thing? Yeah. Um, so we're hoping that going forward as we get the name out more and more, I mean, we're, we're the only team in our specific league. There are a couple other teams in other leagues, but we're the only one in our league, um, in North Carolina. So we have people that are on the team that come all the way from Chalote. So who are driving, you know, three and a half, three and a half hours to come be with us. Um, Raleigh, Winston. Um, so from some, even Virginia, we have a couple of players from Virginia on the team. Um, so we're just trying to get the word out and get more and more people uh, to the games and to support the sport. Yeah, that's awesome. So is this the first year of them? So actually the second year was last year, the first year or was it in existence? Before? No, um, it was in existence prior to that. Um, they'd even won a few championships, I think under a different league. Okay. Um, and then they took um, a year off uh, just for some rebuilding, lots of players that had kind of moved on and things like that. Um, and then, uh, COVID kind of hit. So mm -hmm. there was, there was that year, year off. Um, so they're not new at all, but just kind of in a, in a rebuilding year. Okay. This past, this past year. Okay. So let's quickly talk about COVID, um, you know, coming as a physician, uh, as far as dealing with practices last year. So prior to, so that would have been prior to really the vaccinations kicking in. Um, uh, did you guys, how'd you practice? Did you practice the mask on? How was We did. Yeah. We did. We wore masks for all of practices um, for, <laughs> yeah, for the whole, and then through the season, we had these special kind of masks that went on our, on our um, helmets, face masks um, to kind of help protect. So they weren't right up against your face, but at least, you know, if you were breathing heavy or coughing, it wasn't right on to the player across from you. Um, but yes, getting through practices all fall and spring um, of, you know, last year and, and this year was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think I, I joked that I think it makes you a better athlete, you know, you got to work so much harder. So I think your, you know, your respiratory system got, got an overdrive, you know? Yes. 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 Probably made us better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it will for this year, you know, you'll, you'll find yes. out, I guess this year. Um, right, right. So then what precautions are you guys taking now as far as with COVID? Right. I mean, so we're definitely, you know, we're recommending that people get their COVID vaccine. There's not necessarily mandates or things like that. Um, you know, depending on, I don't know what the league will decide this year. Um, I know that, that last year they tried to minimize how far people had to travel. So we weren't having to do like airplanes or necessarily on a, a bus, um, we, you know, we instead of, or instead of being on a bus, we stayed in hotels so that um, we weren't all crowded um, in one bus and things like that. You know, maintaining our distance and all those kinds of things. Um, so I, I'm not sure, you know, what the league will decide this year. They do have have physicians on on staff um, at league headquarters that kind of help help make those decisions. But we're, like I said, still encouraging people to get vaccines and keep their distance and stay away if you have any signs of COVID um, or exposures. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, things are starting to open up, but obviously, you know, with Delta starting to spike here, it's curious to see what um, what changes are going to come about. You know, when I went out to do uh, Boulder 70.3, I wasn't sure what to expect, and I'm still waiting to see how things are going to be for any of our fall events, what changes right. are going to come into, into play. Um, I think we'll stay open, and I think there's a, enough, hopefully there's enough people vaccinated, but I think we're still going to have to, we're going to have precautions for a while. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree that we will. So, I mean, we're fortunate that our sport is an outdoor sport. So I think mm -hmm. that helps some, um, but who knows what the future holds. <laughs> we thought we'd be in the all clear by now and we're still not. <laughs> I know. 
So now, what entering in your second season, uh, you done do anything different during your, I guess, off season? If you had much of an off season. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have much of an off season since we got invited to play in um, kind of a, like a, a tournament down in Myrtle Beach um, for uh, 9-11. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, but um, one thing that I have decided to focus a little bit more on is my, my mental game and my self-talk and um, visualization and things like that. Um, you know, in addition to, you know, the physical part of the sport, but is to, to focus a little bit more on that and see if that helps to up my game some. Okay. Now, are you doing any strength training? I do. I do strength training um, a few times a week. Just did a workout this morning. Um, so I definitely incorporate that in. I'm hoping to do a little bit more um, just with the team in general so we can all um, get in there. I mean, because, you know, people on our team for, are from all varieties, you know, of life and, and physical activity levels and things like that. So just hoping to make us better as a whole team and be able to organize some, you know, strength training and you know, cardio, all that kind of stuff. So we can have more endurance and strength as we go forward. That's awesome. So how long, I know you, you can't say how long you're going to continue to do this. I'm sure you want to do it for a long time, but how, how long do you see yourself playing this game? Um, as long as my body lets me, as long as my interest is still there. I mean, once I stop enjoying it, um, you know, then I'll, I'll know it's not for me anymore. Um, but right now I love it. I mean, so I'm definitely playing the next, the next season. I don't know what will happen the following season, but, uh, I'm in it for now. I love it. I I think it, I think it's awesome that you did it. And I think it's, it's, it's so cool. And I think people need to see that again. I think that's just shows them that really anything is possible. And again, you you may not be the best person out there yet, um, but you know that's what <laughs> I you may never be. But you know. fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you're working towards it, though. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> so, are you? How's it bringing people in uh, to the sport? Have you been able to bring other people in? I have. Um, I've recruited a couple of people. I have I have one friend. It's, she's my favorite that I've recruited. Um, our kids go to school together. She had never played football. She'd never watched a football game before. Um, you know, I had to be like, here's what offense is. Here's what defense is. Um, and um, so, yeah, I brought a couple people in. But, you know, the, the awesome thing is we have great coaches who really are trying to teach us the game of football. Not just saying, okay, go tackle the girl with the, the ball. Okay, yeah. just go out and just go out there and get open and get a pass. I mean, they're really teaching us the, the true ins and outs of football from from the, the basics and the fundamentals. Um, so, you know, to bring someone in who's never even watched the game um, and to see her be able to do well and flourish and, you know, get in there and, and play has been been pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So I, I know that they're it's starting to see it more often. Actually, I, I can't remember what school it was. I happened to see today as I was preparing for this that there is a, um, a girl playing in high school. She actually made it to the high school team, and she's actually a kicker on the team. Um, but I, I'm sure we're going to start to see more and more of, of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, we had a young lady come out um, just to be a, a guest at a couple of our games last year who's playing on her high school team. I think she's playing on uh, de- defensive line, I think it was. Um, so we'll, we're going to see more, more and more, you know, girls and women out there who are, who are getting into the sport for sure. So what's your argument with those who think that women should not be playing football? Ah, uh, I, I, <laughs> is this a family show? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, but we're doing it. So too bad. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, there's, there's nothing that we can, truly cannot do. Um, and if one of us wants to do it, like, we're just going to do it. We're just going to get out there and do it. And if you don't, if you don't think women should play football, then don't watch. I mean, yeah. bottom line. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's, you know, you're always going to have that, that group out there, no matter what you do. So I, you're yes. right. I, it's important that you continue to do it. And again, they don't have to watch it. Um, right. but, but I think the message um, that you send to young girls um, is probably pretty, pretty strong. Um, that I think the stereotypes of what it used to be probably when you were growing up, you're right, playing with the dolls. Um, yes. So what do you think it's, what do you hope to kind of teach your daughters? Um, you know, that they, that there's, they can do, if there's something they decide they want to do, they should just go for it. Um, they shouldn't limit themselves based on, you know, some stereotype or some box that someone's trying to stuff them in. Um, mm -hmm. If that doesn't fit who they are and what their goals in life are, um, you just get out there and do it. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So what advice do you have um, for someone who, maybe not football related, but wants to start and they've never done anything before? Right. Just had someone who has an interest in something and yeah. said, I've never done it. I don't know where to begin. Um, you know, I think looking for um, just groups that do it and going out and kind of letting go of that, uh, the inner narrative of like, well, what if they don't like me or what if I'm awful at it or the what ifs is because you don't know until you get there. It's just to go out there and, and give it a try, you know, ask people who maybe are in it, like, how did you, how did you get into it or what should I know about this? And or what do I need to do to prepare to do whatever it is? You know, if it's like ice skating and you're 60, you know, like I've never ice skated a day in my life, go to the local rink and talk to the local, you know, ice skating instructor and say, I've never done this. This is what I'm interested in. Like, where do I start? What do I need to do? Um, and just have that confidence in yourself that, you know, you'll, you'll at least give it your best try. Mm -hmm. um, and you may discover it's the best thing ever. You may be like, oh, well, I tried it and I hated it or I tried it and I was awful and I just, couldn't get it, but at least you tried and you won't have that regret of, you know, oh man, I always wanted to do that. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Yeah. I think fear is what stops a lot of people doing a lot of things. And I think, you know, it's, uh, I've heard the uh, statement, fear of other people's opinion. And I think, you know, we worry more about what other people think than what we, right. you know, and, and really those people could probably care less. <laughs> they, yeah. Honestly, they don't care. They really don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that's why I agree. One of the things that's been pretty cool about doing this this podcast, I've mostly talked to people over the age of 50 and some in their 70s and 80s, and almost all of them came to it later in life, um, which has been pretty cool is that maybe they did some stuff when they were in high school and college like everybody does, but then they stopped for a long, long time, and then something, kind of like you decided to play football, something just said, I need to go do this, and maybe they started with running or they went to the triathlon or rugby or whatever it was. And I think they, they're going to value, you know, they, they enjoy life every single day. And I think they've made that, that step. And I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's a good lesson for everybody else that, look, just one foot in front of the other and do whatever it is. Yes. Oh, I agree. I agree. You just got to get out there and just do it. Yeah, that's what's so uh, nice. That's why the senior games are telling you, you got to be involved. You got to go down. You got to take the kids down there to see. Uh, our our seniors in their 80s doing the 40 yard dash or 200 yard. Uh, oh, sounds awesome! It's incredible. It's incredible to see them and to do like the the running long jump. 
you know, we're, yeah. you know, we're so used to people falling, you know, I'm sure when you're in private practice, you're doing screens on people about preventing falls and here they are running and jumping to a sand pit and then brushing themselves <laughs> off and getting up. I'm like, that video. <laughs> for <everybody."> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do it. <laughs> to check it out. Yes. So, um, do you set goals like fitness goals? Um, kind of, yes and no. Um, you know, I, I set goals in terms of, you know, I'd like to do whatever the half iron man or, um, even in games, I say, okay, today I really want to get, even though I may not be able to achieve it, but in my mind, you know, like I want to get a sack or I want to, so I set some goals that way. Um, other fitness goals just in kind of my day to day life, um, maybe related to, um, weight loss. You know, my current goal is daily is getting at least 30 minutes of exercise, which I've done for over a year now, every day. Awesome. Um, in some way, shape or form. So some days it's a more, you know, getting your heart rate up kind of, you know, running or swimming or something like that. Um, or tennis, some days it's yoga or stretching. Um, so that's just the daily goal of my close all my, my Apple watch rings <laughs> every day. Um, and then, um, you know, and others are just kind of a general, um, you know, fueling my body, um, in a way that's, that's conducive for me to, um, have peak performance, um, especially like leading up to, to game weeks. Like I attend, I don't drink alcohol the night before games. I know, you know, some people do, but I'm like, no, like that's, that's gonna not work for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so there's just kind of general things that I do. I don't necessarily have like, you know, like in five years, I want to do this or 10 years. I have things in the back of my head or I say, Mm -hmm. Oh, I might want to, you know, my 50th birthday is, you know, not too far away. (laughs) I have a few years. So I may come up with something for that that's fitness related. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my redemption for my half Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You just got to put it in the books and just do it. Well, right now you're focused on football, you know. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, so how has your nutrition uh, changed then since you've uh, started playing football? Um, you know, uh, I – have been following, um, like a lower carb diet mostly, Mm -hmm. um, which is also what I followed leading up to my half Ironman. Um, and it really did me well. Um, you know, I've dropped probably, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 pounds, um, since starting football a year ago. Um, and with adding in the weight training, you know, have been able to build muscle, um, and, um, find that I, you know, my joints don't hurt as much. Um, I'm not as tired throughout the day. Um, and it's just overall have, have more energy. Um, it doesn't take me as long to recover after a practice or after, you know, playing a two hour tennis match and, you know, I would just be miserable the next day. Um, and I don't have that anymore. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, I think it's so different from our twenties to thirties. We could do whatever we want, eat whatever we want, yes. drink whatever we want, and <laughs> drink whatever we want. Yes, I remember. Now it's days. like, <laughs> woo, this is difference. And as we age, so you know, it, I you have to pay attention a little bit more, especially you know, if you just want to just participate, you you can do whatever you want. But if you actually want to compete and actually improve what you're doing, nutrition has to be a part of it. Yes. Definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a huge part. And I think people kind of take for granted how their nutrition truly affects um, 
not just performance as athlete wise, but just life in general, mm-hmm. you know, how well you feel, um, you know, people say, gosh, I'm, I'm always tired. Well, you know, if you're eating junk food all the time, that may be one of the culprits, you know, if you're not sleeping well, um, let's look at what you're eating and drinking. Um, you know, so it, it definitely plays a big role in, in life. Yeah. How about sleep for you? Um, do you have to have like an eight hour night sleep? What, how do you yeah, I'm, a, I'm like somewhere between seven and eight um, is optimal for me. Um, if I go too many days without getting that, um, I think other people don't like me very much. Um, <laughs> I don't like me very much. Um, <laughs> but it also affects other things in terms of like, I think I make um, uh, poor choices when it comes to what I'm eating. Um, and my mental clarity isn't there. Um I even notice like my sports performance isn't, isn't as good if I'm not sleeping. And I think that's another thing that people, um, undervalue and should, I mean, that may, should be probably near the top of the list, (laughs) you know, that and water, (laughs) um, as far as, you know, what you can do just for general, just better health in general. Um, I think it helps your mental health is getting, you know, getting a good night's sleep as well. Um, yeah. So you said you were doing some, uh, kind of, mental imagery type of things. Do you do any meditation? I do sometimes, um, mostly, um, through, uh, I just use an, an app. Um, so I'll do some things that depends on how I'm feeling that day. Sometimes it's more, um, performance focused. Sometimes it's just self love focused. Um, sometimes it's just a general relaxation kind of meditation just depends on what my, what I need mentally and physically that day. Okay, that's cool. And then do you do any, say, breathing exercises or anything? Um, through, I do some yoga. So there's a lot of breathing in that. And then even through my meditation, um, there's a lot of uh, focus on, on your, your breaths and your breathing and things like that. Um, and even with, within my sports, though, I find, you know, when I'm playing tennis and I'm getting ready to serve is I'll, you know, take a deep breath and, you know, get myself to kind of, kind of relax if I feel that I'm really tensed up. In football, a lot of times right before play goes off, I take a deep breath, let it out just to get myself kind mm-hmm. of in the, that just, I know, breathing just gets my mind right often. Yeah, that's good. I don't think we really ever thought about our breath much unless you're playing a sport and then COVID changed all that. Forced to pass on. It forced us to to focus on our breath. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Different way of focusing on our breath. It is like I can't breathe with this thing on. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so now you're not in. You're not practicing actually in the clinic, right? You said you're more um, from home now. Yes, I. So I'm working from home. Um, you know, I work for um, a, a company doing. Um, Medical necessity reviews for North Carolina Medicaid is what I do now. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. How do you like that? Um, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I really love the flexibility of my position because I have three young kids at home. I started the job just, a, you know, weeks before COVID became a thing. Um, and I was just fortunate in that. I mean, who knew that it would be a good thing for me to be home at the time. Yeah. Um, I definitely miss direct patient care, having a direct impact on people um, and having those connections, getting to know people, you know, over several years, taking care of their kids, their, you know, their parents um, as law as well as them. So I, I do miss that part of, of clinical medicine. Yeah. But I know it became such a challenge uh, for the primary care physicians, you know, it's not as easy as it, say was years and years ago, the amount of work they load on you. So I was right. 
and you're <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not easy. Not easy. Definitely different than what I envisioned when I was in you know high school or college, even of what I thought primary care would be like. Yeah, there's many times that I've thought, okay, do I want to get out of uh, treating patients? But I, I just love. I love that interaction with my patients, and it's it's tough. I know there's going to be a day that I'm going to say, okay, it's time for me to step away, but um, I've had a couple opportunities to do it, and I just, like, every time at the end of the day, I'm like, I, I, I enjoy spending that time and, and learning from them just as much as me teaching them, but, you know, I love my 80, I'll take an 80, 90, or 100-year-old any day over some of my 60-year-olds. <laughs> I won't tell them. Don't, don't tell anybody yeah, between tell us. <laughs> Um, so do you journal at all? I don't. I've, you know, I've tried to start journaling and I think it's just not my thing. Um, you know, I've kind of done it kind of off, off and on here and there. Um, I mean, it'd probably be good for me. I recommend it sometimes to patients, but I just have not been able to, to get into it. Yeah. I'm just curious. I, I, I asked cause I did it for a while and you know, I'm just, People swear by it, and you know it was good for a while. But then it's just for me to sit down and actually do it every day is my my heart. <laughs> yes, yes, that was my issue. <laughs> so, um, where do you, you're at forty six? So, where do you see yourself? And let's let's just go ten years from now, and in, in your fifties, doing whatever you said you're going to do at age fifty, whatever that is. <laughs> um, what what do you what do you want to be able to to do? Um. I think the biggest thing is I want to be able to still be active. Um, you know, I would love to be active with my kids, you know, be able to participate in something with them. Um, right. You know, right now the closest I come is I kind of, you know, I coach like my daughter's soccer team and things like that, but they're not quite old enough to do triathlon with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we get out, ride bikes sometimes, but I, I mean, I just want to be able to be, um, you know, physically active, but not just physically active, but enjoy um, what it is that I'm doing as rather than being like, I'm going for a run. Cause I said, I wanted to be active. <laughs> I mean, I'm going for a run cause it's fun and I can. And <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, running may not be it actually. Maybe like <laughs> swimming. <laughs> hey, you, you may like it. You may take another 20 years, but you may love running. Right, yeah, you never know. <laughs> right now I don't foresee that would be the case. So <laughs> I just do it cause it's part of the triathlon. <laughs> yeah. So how like was it? How was it going back to doing the event that we did, what, two weeks ago? Oh, gosh, it was so much fun. I mean, I hadn't done a triathlon in five years leading up to that. Um, and I just really love the triathlon community. Um, I really like the sport of triathlon. Like, I, I don't something about it, no matter how long the distance is, I always feel such accomplishment when I finish. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of that accomplishment comes from um, – the, the people that are there who just support you, no matter if you're the first person across the finish line, somewhere in the middle or the last person across the finish line. Um, and then, you know, with most of the events that I do, there are people there that I know. So there's also yeah. that social aspect that I miss um, about it. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was awesome and it made me want to do another one sooner than later, not five years from now. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was so cool to see you again, and that's the thing I love about the triathlon or even running community is that you could be gone for how, it doesn't matter how long you come back into it, it's like you never left. You know that's, exactly that's, that's how cool. I felt. Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about it um, is that you know you can go away and play your football. You do your football for your little <laughs> section there, but then you better come back at the end. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, and the, one of the cool 
coolest things though about it is I you know, I hadn't been, you know, done in five years. And I'm walking around transition and this woman looks at me and says, you look like you know what you're doing. Can you help me? I don't know how to pump up my tire. Um, so I was like, I look like I know what I'm doing. Okay, let me help you. <laughs> so, I mean, it really was like I never left. <laughs> yeah, you were just walking around like you own the place. Apparently, apparently that's the air I gave off. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so funny. So now um, let's fast forward to, I don't know, in your 80s, you know, what do you want to be doing? <laughs> oh my gosh, what do I want to be doing? I don't, maybe I'll be part of the senior games. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I've considered, um, you know, doing like in the, I look at, you know, like the Masters games and things like that, of getting back into field events like, you know, shot or discus or maybe doing something like that. Um, I don't know. I have no idea swimming. I'll definitely be swimming. Like that's kind of yeah. one of those lifelong sports that I see myself, I mean, doing till the, till the day I die uh, for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something that, something that I like. <laughs> so I'm going to make you put your physician hat on again. You know, we need everybody to go and see their physician over what doc says here. But you know, for somebody who is in their, let's say 70s or 80s, and they come in and say, hey, you know, Doc, um, I've seen this senior games and I see, you know, people running. I want to start doing this. What recommendation would you give to somebody, you know, and again, it's going to be hard because we don't know what their diagnosis, so I'm not going to put you on the spot that, Um, but what kind of recommendations would you have for somebody that's just starting, who hasn't done it on time? Hasn't done anything. Um, You know, I think, you know, assuming that, medically there's no reason that you can't do physical activity um i think it's just to start slow i think that's one of the problems that keeps people from doing some exercises is they just go all in that very first time like my two pulled hamstrings at football um (laughs) and then they're like oh well that was awful because you know i hurt for a week after so i think just to gradually move into it um talk to people who are experts in whatever is the activity that you want to do who can kind of help you um, move along and don't be afraid if you're, you know, if you're and be honest with yourself, but if your coach is like, I need you to go run, you know, two miles tomorrow is look at me like, I, I, I never even run a mile. Can we back up a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, or the last time I did that, it hurt instead of just pushing through to be honest about, you know, what, what pains do you have? You know, what mental blocks are you running into? Are you waking up every morning? And be like, Oh, I really don't want to do this. Like, this is just awful. Like, talk through that with somebody so you can figure out how to get through those, those challenges. But I think the biggest thing is to, to, to start slow um, and then, you know, work your way up because you'll get there and don't be frustrated with the, the slow progression of it. If that's, if that's what's best for you. Yeah. I think people, you know, I'm sure everybody wants a quick fix. You want it yesterday. You don't want yes. to for it. So I think patience is, is, is huge. And so that's awesome advice. So now I, I typically end, you know, my interviews with a, a statement, you know, of kind of look at why you do the things you do. So if I asked you why you, my miles are for what, what are your miles for? I think first and foremost, or honestly for me, um, because if I, if I can't bring the best version of myself to my home, to my work, to my friends, um, then, then it's not, it's not good. (laughs) Um, so it's really for me so that I can be there for friends, for family. Um, you know, I oftentimes, you know, think of those who can't, um, especially when I'm a place of, gosh, you know, this, I'm, 
I can't, you know, I tell myself I can't and I say, well, such and such really can't. So I just need to suck it up and deal. Um, and sometimes that pushes me through, That works. <laughs> you know, whether it's those that are can't because of, you know, you know, physical or mental illness or whatever, um, or, you know, those that just aren't here on earth with us, um, you yeah. know, anymore, uh, that can't. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, one other quick thought, you know, so I think we've, um, with unfortunately with mental illness and with kind of actually the, just the rise in Alzheimer's um, right now, I think the, what can you say about exercise and, and effect on, on dementia or on cognition? Right. Um, I mean, exercise is supposed to help delay the onset of those things. Um, you know, I don't know that it's a, you know, a hundred percent, you know, pre preventive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, hopefully, um, if someone stays active and, you know, whether that, and it, and like I, you know, like I said, it didn't have to be the going out running marathons, mm -hmm. um, but just being physically active on a regular basis, um, you know, exercising your, both your body and your mind on a regular basis can help delay things like, uh, uh dementia. Well, Doc, I cannot thank you enough. This is, this is awesome. It's so good to spend time with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and were able to get some insight into how one weathering athlete approaches each day of training, racing, and football to stay as injury-free as possible. I believe her biggest strength is her willingness to take a chance and literally get out of the car. When it comes to football, as she said, what is the worst thing that can happen? All they can do is say no. Well, as you heard, they said yes, but knowing her, I don't think a no would have stopped her. I love her attitude and willingness to push her boundaries. She talked about always wanting to play football and on what it means to be a role model for young girls and women and how to believe in your dreams and to go for it. As a physician and athlete, she demonstrates what it is like to be a lifelong learner. And there is no doubt in my mind that she can hold her own with any of the armchair quarterbacks out there. When it comes to athletics, she has made the effort to surround herself with coaches, both in triathlon and football, to help her succeed. She has worked to transform herself through nutrition, strength training, and exercise. Even though the sports of triathlon and football utilize different energy systems to compete, I am sure her time on a very hot triathlon course for over eight hours provided her the mental fortitude to take on the challenges of life and playing both ways in football. And contrary to what anyone may think, DNFs come in many fashions. She may not have finished in the so-called a lot of time, but she did finish that race, and I can see how that day has provided her the vision of what is possible and that there will always be work that needs to be done. She provides an important lesson in that in our endless vision to reach a destination or goal, that we never lose sight of the journey along the way. For those interested in learning more about the Carolina Phoenix, I have attached a link to their website and their Facebook group, as well as a link to the Women's Football Alliance. I bet you didn't know there are 46 women's football teams nationwide. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. If you find today's or any other episode inspiring, I ask you to consider in joining our patron program. Details can be found at www.weatheredathlete.com. Also, please don't forget to hit subscribe to this podcast, share with your friends, Give me a rating on iTunes. Leave me a comment or drop me a line if you feel you have what it takes to enter the Weathered Athlete Podcast. Lastly, no matter how you complete your miles, I encourage you to use the following hashtag, MyMilesAreFor, as a way to reinforce the purpose of those miles. As always, my miles are for the journey. Pete Barusik.